This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I am Glenn Geek from Ocala, Florida, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 8th, episode 2908. This episode is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, horse world. It's Friday, and another weekend of riding is a few short hours away. Jamie and Glenn are here to help you make it through the day with some fun guests and some really bad ads. Enjoy the show. As you know, Jamie is taking advantage of her son's spring break to take the week off. So we're putting some fun shows together for you this week. And I get asked all of the time, of all the almost 3,000 episodes we have done, what is my favorite? I get asked that on a podcast when I'm a guest all the time. You know, of course, it's really hard to say because we've had so many really fun ones. Everyone's fun. But I always come back to the same answer, and I realize today that I have not shared this episode in five years. We have so many new listeners that have never heard it, and it's my favorite. We've had the privilege of being the first podcast to be invited to record a show at Graceland in the barn where Elvis kept his horses. They set us up right there in the Iowa. There's still horses at Graceland. They still keep them there in his memory. So they were looking out of their stalls over us. They ran a dedicated network line all the way up to the barn. It was really a lot of fun that we that we got to do that there. We uh, It was a very special treat as we spoke with Aline Alexander, and she was the barn manager of Graceland for 30 years. So you get to hear the stories of the king and his horses from the lady who was there. It's now the 45th anniversary of his death this year, so I think it's appropriate to bring this episode back. Even if you're not an Elvis fan, these stories will make your day. He was very eccentric, did some wacky things, but he loved his horses, and he had a lot of them at one point. And you're going to hear all those stories, too. They treated us very well. We were very happy with the time we got to spend at Graceland. And I hope that you enjoy this episode. I know many of you have never heard it before. We'll be back Monday with Jamie and I both with a brand new episode for you. So we look forward to talking to you then. Have a terrific weekend, everybody. And enjoy the story of Elvis and his horses live from his barn at Graceland. At Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for Friday, June the 10th, 2011, episode 160, sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. Well, as I said, I'm live from Graceland, home of the one, one of the most recognized men that ever lived. In 1954, he began his singing career with the legendary Sun Records right here in Memphis, which Jennifer and I are hoping to go see here before the weekend's over. And in 1955, his recording contract was sold to RCA Victor. In 1956, he was an international sensation. And in 1957, he purchased 13.8 acres here in Memphis that he called Graceland. Globally, he sold over 1 billion records, more than any other artist. And let me tell you, to the teenage girls out there listening, and I know there's a lot of teenage horse girls, that's even more than Justin Bieber. 
Justin Bieber has not even sold that many yet. So that gives you an idea. He has started, or he starred in 33 successful films. He made history with his television appearance, appearances and specials. And you know what? He sold out concerts everywhere. Members of my family used to go. My aunt was a addict of Elvis. She used to go to every concert she could go to, and he was filling stadiums when no one else was. And of course, we're talking about the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. And we're actually right here in the barn uh, talking uh, talking to a Alicia Dean. She's the media assistant for Elvis Presley Enterprises. Thank you, Alicia, for helping put this all together. Well, thanks for being here. We're really excited to have you guys back here. And people might think, are we literally in the barn? Could you please tell them we are literally yeah, in the, the barn? barn. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Our horses are to my left. <laughs> <laughs> I think we determined that this is probably the first time that there's ever been a live broadcast from the barn. I think so. At uh, Graceland. So we're, we're thrilled that we're the ones that are able to do that. And then the one that's been taking care of Elvis's horses for almost 30 years here at Graceland, Aileen Alexander. Hey, Aileen. Good morning. And all the horses have been fed, and we're waiting on you to clean the stall. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah, good, good, <laughs> I'm good. qualified. Although, I have to say that you have one of the cleanest barns. And I'm not just saying this. We've been in a lot of barns. We travel a lot. You have one of the cleanest barns I've ever seen. You could eat off the floor of this barn. Well, you know, uh, it's Elvis's barn, and we have a lot of people who come to visit this barn, so I just think it needs to be that clean. All right, now, I'm, I am going to say one thing. You, you, your horses have to be the most spoiled horses in the United States. Let me tell you, they are very well taken care of, and they are very healthy. Well, uh, these four horses are never ridden. They have a job, and their job is to recreate the scenes in the pasture when Elvis was here. And Elvis would look out the window from upstairs at Graceland and see them playing, and he would say, it's a beautiful thing. And so that's their job, is to play and rear up and buck and take a nap in the pasture and do all the things that the horses did when Elvis was here. And the four we have right now do the best job of that I've ever seen. Um, we have... Candy, who is an old man, and he just sort of keeps the peace in the pasture. He's 20. And Tucker, who is 16, and he sort of uh, hangs out with Candy. But then we've got two kids that play all the time. And I, there's always a lot of – I was reading a lot and following threads to, on, on the Internet, and there's so many pictures of the horses at Graceland that people have taken and put them up on Flickr and things. It's really cool. But yet, the, one of the reasons that we're here and that, Alicia, uh, that we talked about why we're here is because over the last month I've told horse people – avid, addicted horse people that were going to Graceland, and they said why. They didn't realize Elvis had horses. There's still a ton of people out there that don't know. You know, it's kind of a hidden gem, I think. I think this barn is a very special place. Elvis loves horses, and that love came from Priscilla. And, um, you know, Aileen's done a great job of making this place to where people can actually come visit. 
and we actually have stable tours that you can come back here. They actually started on Memorial Day weekend, and we'll go through the entire summer. So if you're planning on coming down to Graceland, this is absolutely one thing you definitely need to see, even if you're not a big horse person. I think it's just something very special that Elvis loved and that we are, you know, very happy to share with people. And that's, that's the beauty of Graceland and everything that we have here is to be able to share the things that Elvis loved and Elvis had. Um, everything that you can see at Graceland is original. I don't know for all of you that have actually been to Graceland before. The shag um, carpet on the ceiling is original. Exactly. <laughs> everything from the jungle room to the racquetball building to back here at the barn. Everything you see. Um, if you if you were to come back here and take the tour, you can see um, to my right, actually, we have saddles and home video footage and photos and you know, we actually have some movie posters in here of everything that Elvis did. So it's very, very cool to come back here and actually be a part of this. Because a lot of people, you know, weren't invited back when Elvis was alive um, to actually be back here with him and at the stable because it was a kind of a private thing. So it's very, very neat. Well, Eileen, I want to talk to you a lot about Elvis and his horses and then your time since since he died here mm-hmm. and and the different horses because obviously some of them I think Elvis's horses bec- became popular last year with a certain group of teens when Breyer made uh, a line of Elvis stuff yes that didn't hurt uh, with that new generation coming up to learn that about Elvis and his horses because we can't forget that we have a whole generation after mine that that uh, didn't grow up listening to Elvis's music like we did when he was still alive exactly so. Well, uh, we're excited that the younger generation has um, sort of keyed into Elvis, and we see young people back here all the time. In fact, I have a 21-year-old and a 19-year-old working at the stable right now, and uh, they didn't know much about us when they came, but they certainly know a lot about Elvis right now. Uh, They were uh, horse kids and uh, are having the best time in this barn, but they are learning quickly about Elvis and are just totally amazed at the man and his music. Because we play Elvis songs in the barn all day long. We I'll tell you do. what. We have a lot of people that uh, stream this show in their barns while they're working in the morning. Yes. There's going to be a lot of horses sending you resumes wanting this job. It's the cushiest <laughs> job in America for a horse. It is absolutely the best. And these are well-fed horses. There's no skinny ones in that barn, let me tell you. <laughs> no, nobody's skinny. Uh, in fact, these horses do not... Um, get the normal workout that horses get. So we have to really watch you their You have to limit legs. their intake. Yeah. <laughs> and so we're so conscientious about that. We have the vet to certify their weight okay about every three months. And uh, so we're right on target right now. We're looking good right now. Yeah, you are. They all look terrific. Yeah. All right. Well, a couple of housekeeping notes, and then we're going to come back to Aileen and talk about Elvis's early years. Uh, one of them is we, we received several uh, entries for Really Bad Ads Friday. That won't happen today. We'll be doing that next week. I also want to thank Raphael for helping to put all this together. He's over, I think he's over petting the horses right now uh, over there. And we want, we certainly appreciate his efforts and in, in getting us in touch with Aileen and, and bringing this idea to the forefront. We want to uh, also say that uh, J- Jennifer and I and Raphael got to take the tour yesterday. We walked, uh, we got to see everything. Elvis's plane, by the way, I could use one of those. That's really <laughs> nice. That's, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, he had a big plane and a little plane. He had like a mini me sort of uh, in, in planes. And then we got the tour, uh, tour the house, which everybody says will be smaller than you expect it to be. And 
you know, for the for the time he bought that in the fifties, it was a mansion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but it, today's standards for a celebrity, Justin Bieber's house, I guarantee, is bigger than that one. But because today's standards are just so much different than they were back then. Sure, absolutely. I mean, when Elvis first purchased Graceland, it sat on it. It was a six hundred acre farm, but like you said, Elvis only purchased thirteen point eight, which is still a huge, you know, piece of property. Um, but to tell you kind of the inflation between the times, you know, it was 1957. He purchased for just a little over a hundred thousand dollars. Well, the hundred thousand dollars, people, we can't buy an acre well, for that. The racquetball <laughs> building he added on in, in the early 70s, and he spent about two hundred thousand dollars just on that building alone. You can tell the inflation just between those few years. By the way, the racquetball building is not a square building. It has it has a bar in it and a, a little area for everybody to watch, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's more of a, a game room racquetball area. And now it holds. We have jumpsuits and all of these gold records, floor to ceiling gold records. It is amazing. The first time you walk in there, when we walked in there yesterday, and you see all of these gold records. From floor to ceiling in a racquetball court. And, and those are those are um, awards and everything he's received since he's passed away. So you can kind of when you walk through the trophy building, you see those are you know the hall of gold and everything that he did while he was alive, and he's still earning, you know, still selling records, still receiving awards today, and we're running out of room for him. Well, all right. Let's talk about Aileen. Let's talk about his early years. How did horses begin for Elvis? Well, we are told that Elvis actually bought Graceland so he could have horses and that his first acquisition was probably a pair of mules for Vernon. And we've got some home film footage that actually shows those mules on the property along with many other animals, uh, turkeys and peacocks and dogs. And um, I'm sure it looked like a zoo around here. Um, Elvis's compassion for animals and love for animals uh, appeared to be huge. And, of course, there's wonderful stories about his relationship with his horse, which I'm sure that everybody's waiting to hear. And um, I have to share this with you on the front end. You know, if you come to Memphis and you um, go to dinner or you're just out and about, somebody's going to tell you about an experience they had with Elvis because at first he was out and about, and then as fame took over his life, he was less apt to be out. But um, I take a little ballroom dancing lesson now and then. I was at the studio the other night with my instructor, and this couple walked in, and my instructor said, Aileen takes care of the horses at Graceland, and he said, I sold Rising Sun to Elvis. You met the person who sold? I did. After all these years? I did. And and I said, well, we just have to stop. I have to hear the story of how that came about. And he said that, um, well, first of all, uh, Elvis had bought Priscilla a horse. Right. Priscilla's horse was the first, was right? Domino, right. Uh-huh, big black walking horse. Had she ridden before? Was she the rider and the horse lover, or do we know? You know what? I don't know. I think she she sat beautifully on a horse and rode extremely well, very confidently, and still does. And um, so in all the film footage that we have, she was just having the best time, and we're told that it was an activity that she enjoyed both morning and evening to ride around Graceland on Domino. And uh, she shared with me that... 
uh, Elvis had had um, an experience with a horse on a movie set that sort of concerned him a bit, and he was not uh, real anxious to get a horse until he realized um, her pleasure that she was having. So um, he let it be known that his choice of horses was a Palomino, and the search started. So apparently there were three gentlemen that were notified to attempt to locate this horse, and they did, and um, understand that Elvis did not go out to see Rising Sun, uh, but Priscilla went out Uh to see Rising Sun and decided that this might be a horse that Elvis would love. So um, he told me uh, that they brought Rising Sun to Graceland for Elvis to have private moments with, with, you know, because um, let's face it, Elvis had an image to protect. And, you know, when you're that famous, you're not going to get on a horse and get thrown off or get hurt. And so he was very careful uh, with his approach to this horse. Well, we all know the rest of the story. Those two bonded very quickly. And Rising Sun was a true golden Palomino. Uh, you might be interested to know for horse lovers, um, the Quarter Horse Association did not change his name. And if you're looking for registration information, his name was Midget's Bandy. Oh, Rising and- Sun's much better. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they- I can't see Elvis riding a Midget's Bandy. Right. <laughs> so they um, then he then they registered the horse with the Palomino Association as Rising Sun. So and I was able to stay in touch with the original owners of Rising Sun when he was a baby, and they told wonderful stories, and they were always so excited to know that Elvis owned that horse. So is it true that he used to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and go out horse shopping? Uh, yes, and we have actual footage. How'd you like to be sleeping? Or, now, people, think about this. You're at your farm, you're in bed, and there's a knock on your door, and it's Elvis at your door looking for a horse. <laughs> Well, you know, um, this area when Elvis bought Graceland was surrounded by um, farms, and one of those farms was actually called Graceland Farms. And uh, Elvis used to go over there a lot and at all hours of the day and night, and mostly at night, to look for these horses. And we have footage of the effort to drive around Memphis and locate this horse, yes. And we share that on film with our guests when they come to tour the barn. So come see us and we'll show you part of that search. That's how he found uh, the uh, Circle G, was out riding around looking for horses. And And Circle G was a ranch that he bought in 67, right? uh, Yes. Okay. And uh, it had cows and so forth. And, of course, he paid upwards of $400,000 for that and uh, all the cows and uh, that's a whole. And that was other, south of here in in, yes, in, uh, in Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. Yes, in Walls, Mississippi. Yeah. So and he kept that. And I, as I understand it, and read, he used to go. He and Priscilla used to go out there. That Priscilla really liked that the little farmhouse that was there because it was her chance to get away with him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, get some quiet time. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that they spent their honeymoon there. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, of course, he didn't keep the ranch very long. And all the horses were then moved down there, including, and our horse fans may know that Elvis had a second horse named Bear, and understand that that horse was down at the Circle G, and we have film footage of him there. Now, he was a big black Tennessee walker, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. 
so um, anyway, first, I, you know, Jennifer uh, was doing some research the other day, and the first we think that the first horse that I ever rode was a black Tennessee Walker and had the same lineage as Bear. Oh, really? Yes. Had the same, like, grandfather or great-grandfather, was it? It was, like, way back. But I can say I rode a horse that had the lineage of uh, one of Elvis's. I'm, I'm sticking to that story. But Good. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, you who's going to question it? <laughs> we spent years trying to keep that lineage running here at Graceland, and now the so many years have passed that we are down to trying to maintain the image of the horses that were here. And, of course, we keep a black... Uh, Tennessee Walker here, and we keep a Palomino here all the time. Tucker. Tucker. Tucker's a ham. Tucker yes. does not. We were out visiting all the horses yesterday. Tucker's the Palomino that they keep here with the beautiful mane and everything. And uh, uh, we we were petting the other horses. Tucker was beating on his dog going, hey, I'm down here. <laughs> yeah. Very jealous. And, and, and he's very deceiving because he looks very passive and sweet. And then all of a sudden, that little attitude comes up of, of, hey, you've left me out. All you people who are working in the barn right now, you know that. Uh, you pay attention to one, and then three others need your attention. So we have that here at Graceland, too. Yeah, and they're all very sweet, and they all know what treats are. I, I can guarantee you that. They were looking, all of them were looking in my pocket. Yesterday. Well, you know, um, our horses think people are horses. They don't know what humans really are. So when our guests come... Uh, we allow them to feed them uh, apple treats uh, that we keep on hand here. So when you come into our barn, it's kind of like children. What did you bring me? What have you got? You know, they're very anxious to check you out. Yeah, they're very sociable. They yes, can tell they've they been are. around a lot of people. Yes. That's no question yes. about that. So, so he had, do we know what the most number of horses he had at any one time was? Um, well, Will, we're just checking records, and um, we think that 17 was the number. Uh, we're not sure. Apparently, 1967 was the year of the horse around here because our, our records show the purchase of many horses during I was time. looking at that they have a log book. That yes. they, that, and this was all like in a matter of a short period of time. Short he bought a ton of, of horses. Yes. Well, I think Elvis was known for doing things like that because another year for spending money and doing things was 1975 when he bought an airplane and built the racquetball building and bought a very famous Tennessee walking horse called Ebony's Double that year. Um, and that horse was bought from uh, GLL Farms, the Georgia Lennox Farms, and the Lennoxes owned the very famous carbon copy. And understand that Elvis used to show up out there, just drive up, and there he was to come visit the barn. I got to talk to Betty Lennox many times, and the stories that she told about Elvis just showing up with his group uh, to come visit the stables and look at the horses and and uh, she said that oftentimes he'd have on something purple velvet. And one time he had had a little foot surgery and he had a little cast on and just came on in and just relaxed and just loved being there. And Priscilla would be with him and several of the guys. And they didn't call before they came. They just came. <laughs> now, so back in the 60s, when, when he did spend a lot of time here at Graceland, there was a period of time he was doing movies and he stopped uh, doing the concerts and the live events. And then he got back into that, as I understand it, like in the early 70s, uh, late 60s, early 70s. So he spent some time here, and that's when Lisa Marie came into the picture, right? It was in 1968. It was kind of the, kind of the big year. Elvis had done a stint of movies and then came back to Memphis and 
you know, um, facil- I mean, Lisa Marie was actually born in 1968. That's when the, um, he did that 68 comeback special, which was kind of the, um, kind of the breakout for him. He was really nervous to actually be performing in front of a live audience again. He hadn't done that in years. Um, he was very, very nervous. It's hard to think about Elvis nervous performing, exactly. you know. He'd been doing it at that point for 15 years. Exactly. Yeah. So um, now if you watch the 6-8 Comeback Special, it's kind of like it was the first, you know, MTV unplugged from what, you know, what we have now. So, you know, he was obviously an innovator in what he's going to do. Obviously, he, he was one of the first um, movie stars to actually make a million dollars on a movie. Um, so Elvis was the big person of first. He was probably one of the first people to actually buy an airplane that he just completely – um, redid all for himself and you know what Aileen said when he bought 17 horses I mean can you name someone who bought 17 horses back then but he wasn't just doing it for himself he loved well, he apparently he bought a lot of horses for other people exactly yeah. he loved being able to give people things and, and people tell stories today how they would be window shopping for a car and if Elvis was there he would go up and purchase that car for them right on the spot so he was a very generous person um, and was also known for giving a lot of money to charity I know that he actually wrote um, $40,000 worth of checks in one day to give to local and national charities and that's something that people um, take away from the tour because they don't they didn't realize or didn't know how charitable Elvis actually was so that's a really neat thing to kind of look at when you're coming through Graceland to see you know Elvis, you know, was very successful, but he also liked to give back because, I mean, he's, he is the rags to riches story. There's a, I know I read one story, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they, they said that, uh, they said it, in, the, in the day, back in the 60s, if you worked here, he bought you a horse whether you wanted it or not. <laughs> I believe it. Well, Jerry Schilling tells funny stories about going out to buy those now, horses. Explain to everybody who Jerry Schilling was. Jer- Jerry Schilling um, is um, was a very close friend to Elvis and was also part of the very famous Memphis Mafia that uh, traveled with Elvis and I guess in those days no his entourage, his entourage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so Jerry was the test pilot for all the horses Elvis would make Jerry <laughs> ride the horse before he bought it I don't know and of course we get some funny stories that if the horse threw Jerry off Elvis probably bought that horse <laughs> So That's uh, the buying of those horses, and of course, you know, if you've got a horse... Everybody trying out horses, by the way, would like to have a test pilot along. <laughs> exactly. And and Priscilla talks about, on our video, about how if when he bought 17 horses for 17 people, and if you've got a horse, you've got to have a saddle, so he bought 17 of those. And if you've got a horse and a saddle, you've got to have some way to get to the horse and a way to carry the saddle. So he bought everybody a pickup truck. <laughs> so I, I read about a lot of trucks and trailers. Yeah, there were a lot of trucks. Yeah. Did he keep those all here, or were they down at the farm? I I think maybe down at the farm yeah. because when they sold the farm, uh, it was a real effort to get that uh, equipment sold, and and part of it was moved back to Graceland, and the favorite horses were moved back to Graceland at that time. So he was the kind of guy that kind of went overboard with everything he did. He did it to the extreme and to the max. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he bu- didn't buy just one car. There were many cars and <laughs> right. many motorcycles. But that, and... I mean, that's kind of what made him Elvis. I mean, that's what he wanted to do. And like I said, if he- I had Elvis money, I probably would do that too, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer had 50 horses. <laughs> well, you know, not only was he um, giving, but he was always a kid. He just played and played jokes on people. And of course, the most famous horse joke that we talk about all the time and it's on our video is when he brought uh, Lisa Marie's pony into the den 
And Lisa Marie's pony uh, had a cute name. What was Mariah. the name? Mariah. Mariah. Yeah. yeah. Little Shetland pony, and she was adorable. And so Elvis takes her into the den, and as Priscilla says, not recognizing indoors from outdoors, she just did what came naturally, and that grandma really lowered the boom on Elvis's head. I've always said I would pay dear money to hear that lecture. <laughs> Probably the only woman who ever spoke truthfully to Elvis Presley, you know, <laughs> about his jokes. And uh, but anyway, he he just would get the biggest charge out of doing those kinds of things. Um, but he had a nice view out the back of the house to the pastures and to the, where the horses were. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, if you've never been to Graceland, you think, wow, it's in Memphis, this big city. But when you come to Graceland, it's very tranquil. I cannot tell you, we're in the middle of Memphis here. There is stuff all around us. Exactly. This has been built up around here. It looks like any other area that has a tourist attraction mm-hmm. at it. And we are in the barn, and you don't hear a rose. You don't it's hear quiet as could be back here. The there are houses behind the fence behind us exactly. about 200 yards. You hear nothing and back that's, here. That's, it's so I think, cool. I think Elvis loved that so much about you know being at Graceland and being home. This was his home. He had multiple houses in Florida and California, and like I said, he spent a lot of time out there, but he just looked forward to being in Memphis and being at home because this is where he could actually be himself and get away from the press, and at the time, I guess you would call them paparazzi, even though they didn't probably think they were, um, but this was his place to actually you know call home. You know, Aileen, there are a lot of barn managers cleaning stalls right now that are going, and not only do the horses have it good, you've got it pretty good, too, as a barn manager job. This one's not bad. Well, it is um, unique. <laughs> I the list. <laughs> um, now, you don't get to ride the horses, though, so that's, no. that's kind of a negative when you're a horse person. Well. But you probably, do you have your own? I do not have yeah. my but own. But you used now. to show when I did. Too, yeah. I had you, a horse person. in 1978. Yeah. And was teaching school, and in 1982, Graceland Elfins, being an Elvis fan, couldn't wait to get here. All school teachers have two jobs, so I hired in as a tour guide in 1982 and found five horses in need of some special attention. So I gathered up all my horse credentials and went straight to the CEO and said, you need some help with your horses, and I can help you. And so the rest is history. Uh, I've had these horses ever since. There were five when Elvis um, passed away, including Rising Sun, still here. And we. So were, Rising Sun was still was Bear still around at that Bear point. Bear was not here. Okay. Understand and not real sure, but understand that Bear passed away while Elvis was on tour, oh, and that they did I not share that, that with him until he got until back. Until he got back, yeah. Yes. But I had Rising Sun here, and uh, even got to put a saddle on Rising Sun. And not knowing that uh, he ran down to the front gate and would run back to the barn until I saw some film footage of how Elvis rode him. And I, when I got off the horse, I thought, what in the world is with this horse or is it with me? And so then I saw the film footage. He's born sour, huh? Run down to the front fence and run back. And well, there's the stories that he used to go down to the gate and talk to people on his horses and things like that. We're going to hear your story of how you first met Elvis, Aileen, right after. I I need to do a quick commercial here, but then I want to hear that. It it was so much fun to hear that story yesterday. Uh, So this show today is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. All horses have individual nutritional needs, and we know that meeting them can be challenging. It doesn't matter if you're a professional horseman or a weekend warrior. You want to provide the nutrition necessary for your horse to thrive. If your horse is sweating, he needs some of gains electrolytes. 
Originally created for horses competing at the Olympic Games, this formulation is a combination of minerals similar to the levels typically lost in sweat. Don't let dehydration and electrolyte imbalance sideline your horse. And believe me, it's warm enough in Memphis in the last couple of days for it to have dehydration, humans and horses. Uh, Summer Games is formulated to replace both the electrolytes and the trace minerals that are lost when your horse sweats. Its concentrated formula allows you to easily feed the correct amount to meet your horse's changing needs. Help your horse beat the heat with Summer Games electrolytes. You can learn more about Summer Games at kppusa.com and all of their other products as well at kppusa.com. All right, so yesterday you told me how you first met Elvis. You have to tell us that story. Okay, um, I lived in Memphis and was teaching school for Memphis City Schools back about 1966, 67, somewhere in there. And um, all of us who lived in Memphis, we were always very aware of who lived at Graceland. And I didn't know when he was at home or not, except occasionally a radio station would go, welcome home, uh, King, we're glad to have you back in Memphis after your tour. And so all of us who lived here would know that when those gates, those famous gates to Graceland were opening, that there was an outside chance that either Elvis was down there or was about to drive out the gate and so forth. So one afternoon, I realized that the gates were opening, and I was first in line of the traffic. So I put my car in park in the middle of Elvis Presley Boulevard, <laughs> left it running, left my purse in the car, grabbed a piece of paper, ran through those gates, and the traffic was beginning to screech and scream behind me, and everybody was jumping out of their cars and headed into those gates. Because oh all you of started sudden, a stampede. Oh, my gosh. It always happened. It was just I was the lucky one to get through that day. So there was Elvis, bigger than life. Oh, my gosh. He was just beautiful. And he backed up against the fence, and he said, don't hurt me, don't hurt me. And I... Now, this is a guy, by the way, yeah. with a black belt in karate. Right. Yeah. So I handed him a card, and he signed it, and, I, and he handed it back to me. And when I turned to leave, there must have been a 1,000 people on the lawn. <laughs> and, of course, Elvis Presley Boulevard was blocked completely with the traffic. Um, and I always people always ask me, what did you say? And I say, I couldn't even breathe. Let alone say anything. I just took my card and turned around and went back to my car and just sat for a moment and went, oh my God, I was right in Elvis Presley's face. I hope you still have that piece of paper. I do. Okay. It's framed and it's hanging in the CEO's office here at Graceland. And um, I, I thought that was something that needed to be shared. And that's a great place to share it is in his office. So yes, it's, it's still available for you to see. Absolutely. But um, was a really, really unique experience to uh, see him up close. And um, if you're wondering um, what he looked like up close, uh, absolutely beautiful skin, gorgeous tan, beautiful teeth, gorgeous blue eyes, everything. And the sideburns. Oh, I don't know. I just saw his eyes <laughs> and his face. You know, uh, he was just absolutely everything. You would have been one of those girls in the front row screaming. I right? would. I would have been right there screaming, yes. I was. A, How old were you then? Do you remember? Oh, my We were God. driving, so. Well, I was um, in 65. I was about 20. 
four. Okay, so yeah. you you were right. You were you yeah. were old enough to know old what was going on. Yeah, know what was going on. Well, I had been an Elvis fan. I remember when those forty fives came out with his picture on the front and uh, the Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel and you listened so carefully to see if you could hear him breathing in the song and. Uh, there were articles. Uh, well, I was probably just the biggest teenage Elvis fan ever. There was an article written in a magazine one time that his favorite pie was an apple pie. And I thought, oh, my God, if I can bake that apple pie and get it to him, then I will be the one, you know. And it was that kind of life. Oh, yeah. And then to get to see him up close. And, and if somebody had told me, you know, many years ago that I was going to get to care for these horses and be here at these tables, uh, I'm not sure that I would have made it, you know, without a heart attack. From the <laughs> so now, was it was it known, Aileen, back then that he had horses? Were horses a part of what was in the news back then? We knew that he had horses because in uh, 1978, when um, I had a world champion and they interviewed me and said, what are you going to do now? I just said, I'm going to go to Graceland and take care of Elvis's horses, not knowing that I would ever and get to like do that. And that was like a year now, after he died. That then. was a year after he died, yeah. And I had no idea that that would ever that just made good conversation because I was from Memphis, you know, and they all laughed and said, yeah, right, you know. And here we are, 29 years later, still taking care of Elvis's horses. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a wonderful I job. I think a lot of people in Memphis knew that Elvis had horses only because Elvis loved his fans, and if he knew people were down at the front gate, he'd, he'd go down he'd there. on a horse and come down there. You can actually see a picture of it in the exhibit we have down here, and you can see him. He would sign autographs for fans. Elvis loved his fans, and he very much appreciated them, so he would give back. He wasn't the kind that would just, you know stay away and you know he 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 knew he was a person just like everybody else and that was that's kind of the neat thing about Elvis Presley no matter how big he was he was still you know he knew where he came from and really appreciated his fans yeah you and you could tell that in the footage that uh that you see all around mm-hmm. here uh you you could really tell that and of course people probably knew about the horse thing too because his movies were huge back then and he rode horses in a lot of his mm-hmm. movies um as a matter of fact from what i understand he he uh in Flaming Star in 1960, which was a sixth film, he did his own stunt work and was thrown once. Was uh-huh. that where that uh, maybe came from, where, where he had a little Perhaps. bit of apprehension yeah. after that? That could, have, could be it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because he, he rode. And then, of course, one of the most famous riding scenes ever is in Blue Hawaii, where Elvis was with the girls and sang as he rode. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the most famous uh, riding scenes mm-hmm. up to that point. Yeah. And, of course, horses were really big in movies back then because Westerns were in, right. you, know, r- you know, more than they are now. Uh, he had a lot of horses, and I did have a question from a listener yesterday. Um, and we're going to get into the barn now and, and the horses now and everything, too. But this was a question I had from a listener. Hi, I hope I can catch your broadcast from Graceland. I have a miniature horse named Scott Creek, Unos Love Me True. He is a grandson of Love Me Tender, who I was told was part of the Presley family somehow. Can you confirm this for me? Did he ever have miniatures? Not that I know of. Okay. The, right. the uh, little Shetland pony that was here was definitely not a miniature. miniature. She was full pony size, yeah. I, so I, it probably I, took the name and then the, the rumors started. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. One of the things that is interesting about By the way, thank you, Diane from Oregon, for sending it. Yeah. One of the things that's fun to know about Elvis riding down to the front gate and riding a horse um, is that he was always extremely well-dressed on a horse. We have pictures of Elvis in a pair of white slacks on a horse. And I, I can't imagine ever. I was always, I was kind of surprised by his choice of hats. 
but then I got I had to think back that it was the sixties. Yeah. You know, fedoras and things, yeah. you know, you don't think about celebrities wearing those now. But it was the sixties. That's yeah. what was in then. You right. know? We forget that sometimes when we look at this old footage that things were different then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but you were uh, mentioning, you know, um not knowing that Elvis had horses. But I always think that possibly Rising Sun may have been the only animal on the face of this earth that ever knew Elvis as Elvis the man. We all knew Elvis the performer, and um, but Rising Sun, I don't know where they even knew Elvis could sing. Maybe Elvis hummed a tune or two, and you know. But Elvis <laughs> groomed that horse, and well, that's why I heard he was fastidious about the barn. Absolutely, and Priscilla said there's some really funny stories about how he would walk the horse three times as long as he needed to, to cool him out for an Elvis's fear that, you know, he would hurt the horse or cause the horse some pain and that he would ride and then just walk and walk and walk and said the guys used to laugh at him for walking the horse too long to cool him out. But he was very bonded to that horse. And um, we understand that, and well, even Priscilla said he came back to the stables for therapy. Um that he would come back here and spend hours. And when the maids and the cooks uh, were still here, um, she would tell stories about how they would call the house. And that's long before cell phones, folks. Elvis didn't have a cell phone. Yeah, and, by the way, seeing some of the technology in the house brought back memories, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have um, a notes on the wall in the tack room where Elvis wrote on the wall, like, please do not move the TV. And uh, there were phone numbers written in pencil, you know, where he uh, used the phone. So um, he would call for lunch or snacks to be brought back here. So hours were spent back here. And you told, uh, you, Alicia, you told me that uh, this was sort of his quiet place. You didn't come back here uninvited if Elvis wanted to come back and have some time. Exactly. I mean, Elvis would come back here and he would just have his own own time and you know, because he, he didn't have a lot of privacy. Jennifer does that with me in the barn, too. <laughs> don't, don't come out. Don't come out. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's my time away. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't really have a lot of time by himself. And so, but, but if you got invited, he obviously wanted company. But um, you mentioned technology. Elvis was a huge leader in technology. He had 14 televisions throughout the home. What's amazing is, am I wrong? Is that, is that security system still the original yes. and it's still working? Yes. They still have the monitor up there with the security cameras. It's amazing. Yes. It's still working. It's yes. black and white yes. on a TV that looks like it was It was definitely from the 60s. Absolutely. And he had, he had a way where he could control it upstairs. And I think a lot of that came from um, having Lisa Marie, um, the bars that you actually see on the, on the windows. portions of the yeah. windows that came after um, Lisa Marie was born. He was very protective. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess kidnapping was a big fear for Lisa Marie at that well, point. Well, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, and, you know, you still have that today with people. Um, but, yeah, he was a huge leader in technology. He was actually one of the first people in the city of Memphis to own a microwave and paid over $1,000 for it. So he had, I mean, anything you could possibly imagine in technology, he was the first one to do it. He was the first to do a lot of things. So technology was definitely something. He had one of the first cell phones, believe it or not, and we actually have it here on display. But it was actually in a big, big briefcase. That it was just a huge battery, which has been drained of its fluids now, but you can still see, and it's in a big black leather case, and he would take it around, and, you know, you could, you know, use it from the car or use it from the airplane, so. And Aileen, we're going to answer a question that all horse people ask. He was a John Deere guy, apparently. Yeah, he was a John Deere guy. <laughs> in fact, um. We have tractors over there in yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, we just had that tractor restored. And um, it's on display now. Yes, yeah. absolutely. 
Wow. I, I was wondering that, actually, because I'm a guy and we think about that stuff. Um, now, you took over the barn and you've been running it ever since then. And, you know, things, obviously, you, you, it's kept up, but you said it is much the way it was back then. There are even the nails and the little labels he wrote for Lisa Marie's horse and Priscilla's horse and things like that for the tack and stuff. Do you, you, have, was it when you, when you first took over, the tours were not part of the program. You actually kept uh, care of the horses before people were able to come back here. Right. Um there used to be this question about uh, if we can't see the bedroom, you think we'll ever get a chance to see the stables because those were the two private areas on the property. And it's still, you can't still get upstairs. No, you cannot. But, you know, Graceland has always been a very mysterious place, and that's part of the fun of wondering what is back there or what is in that bedroom or where is Elvis on that property, the mystique of looking over that fence. And, of course, we've tried to, you know, keep some of that because that's Graceland. And so when Priscilla... And that's why there's so many rumors that he's still alive. It's all your fault, Aileen. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish. He's hiding back there oh, in the barn someplace. Oh, I, I wish. I wish. I'm sure we missed out on some beautiful music because he went away so early. But... um and uh, two years ago, uh, Priscilla became very involved in the rescue program. Yes, tell us about that. Okay. There were all, there's always been horses here, and there were five now, horses. Was it, a, was it in his will, or what, was it just a conscious decision made to keep horses here? How did... Well, because there were always horses here, the, um, the effort on the part of the corporate office and everybody involved here is to keep Graceland as close to what it was okay. when Elvis was here, but at the same time to make adjustments that you have to make in order to have guests on property right. and to also make things available for you to see, that's going to change things a right. little bit. Right. So um, it took about 27 years for everybody for us to get the barn so that we felt good about having guests back here. Uh, it's still a working barn. Uh, we're doing the same things back here now that Elvis did. We're feeding horses, cleaning stalls, grooming horses, and turning them out to pasture and calling the vet and the farrier. Everything that he did, we're doing except for uh, riding, of course. Now, when um, horses pass away, you start thinking, okay, what's next? So um, it was at that time that I get a call from Priscilla, we were down to two horses, I think, and um, she called me and said, Aileen, um, what do you think about adding about six horses to Graceland? And I said, uh, Priscilla, um, have you talked to the corporate office and so forth? And she said, well, yes, I have. And they said, they said I should call you. So I said, well, no pressure. Uh, no pressure, <laughs> right. So I said, well, you know, actually, we don't have enough land for six more horses because only 13.8 acres and part of it, the house sits on. So she said, Aileen, you know, if Elvis were alive, we would just go buy some more land. <laughs> and I said, I know. I said, tell me about these six horses. And she told me that there were six horses in Maine. And if you're interested, you can Google a website called Six Horses Saved, and you can read about Max. Well, Priscilla, they sent Priscilla, uh, this organization that had saved these six horses. Apparently, these horses were about to be sent to the slaughterhouse, and the neighborhood paid the man in the truck to unload the horses and not take them. And 
and what happened after that, the neighborhood had to get together to find a place for these horses. And so they sent Priscilla a T-shirt, and they were sending T-shirts to uh, celebrities to autograph so they could auction these T-shirts to raise money to uh, save these horses. Well, that's all she needed because the minute you say rescue and abuse, that big heart swells, and she's going to get involved for some more information. So she called them. And, There's a call you don't expect to get. <laughs> and, and said, you know what, I may be able to do more than just autograph a T-shirt. Uh, and that was at that time when she considered bringing all six of those horses here. And we ended up with only one of them uh, due to the fact that Max became very ill in transport from Maine. It was very, very cold. He was very stressed. So she became involved in having the others placed, and we ended up with Max here. And, of course, he um, was very insecure at the time when he got here. But over time, he's now just like the rest of them, just a piece of cake, sweet boy. And we just love having him. And his following from Maine uh, often calls to check on him to see how he's doing. So I encourage you to read about him on Six Horses Saved to Google that. And so that was our first rescue. And it was um, it was big for he, us. He is a sweetheart, too. He is a yeah, sweetheart. Yeah. He's a big, bay, standard bred with eyes that look like should belong to a deer. And uh, he loves women and uh, just got a nice bath yesterday just in case somebody was watching him. Of course, <laughs> our, our guests will be here tomorrow to look at him up close. And then our next rescue uh, was a little... Um, baby horse about six months old that was part of 29 that became a media issue here in Memphis uh, out of Fayette County, Tennessee, of 29 horses that were in serious trouble that the courts were becoming involved in. So uh, we sort of checked that out and I let Priscilla know what was going on. And so when the baby of that group uh, became available for adoption, then her message to me was get him to Graceland. So he's here. And he's a pretty little quarter horse, little chestnut colored quarter horse with blue eyes. Yeah, he does and very blue. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't know what he is because we have spoiled him from when he came as a baby. So he's very playful and sweet and very lucky. Uh, he's the one that was crawling in my pocket the whole time. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. He's gonna look for your for cookies and that sort of thing. <laughs> and sweet boy. And then we lost our Palomino Sun's reflection two years ago, and um, we located uh, Tucker. And uh, Tucker is a retired um, dressage horse, and his owner was ready to relocate him to a home where she knew that he would have the best care in the world. So Tucker, it looks like a movie star with the long mane and tail. I have to tell you, when we left here last night, when we after we took the tour and everything, we were we were just sitting over the uh, some of the exhibits and things are across the street. We were sitting across the street from Graceland, and it was just the sun was just going down a little bit. It was a beautiful setting. And then all of a sudden, we see Tucker in between the trees. It was a beautiful sight. I wish I had had a camera with a lens because I would have got a great picture of Tucker out there. Well, that's what we had hoped for. That's the image we want to keep here at Graceland because had you been here when Elvis was here, that would have been Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. And, and Candy would have been Domino out together. So those are the four that we have here now. And let me tell you something funny about their names. <laughs> You're going to love this. Okay, all of you Elvis horse fans know TCB in a flash. 
So uh, one morning about 2 o'clock in the morning, and this is how you know that I really need to get another. And what's TCB stand for? Okay, for taking care of business taking in care a of flash. Business. There you go. So um, write the names down, Tucker Candy Bandit. Turn that M up sideways and, for Max, and you've got TCB in a flash. Uh, so these four belong here. We call that an Elvis thing. <laughs> These are the TCB boys we've got here at Graceland. There's just so many neat, fun things here about this job that we run into. Yeah, we love these horses. We love all horses. Elvis loved them. And uh, the four we've got right now are just carrying that legend forward in a great way. How many visitors come to Graceland each year? Do you know? We average about 600,000 visitors that come That's to a few. Graceland every year. And they come from all over the world, about 20% of those visitors are international, and it's amazing well, to me because Elvis never performed. I didn't actually. know that until yesterday. Yeah, he only performed uh, three shows in Canada, and that was it. So, the rest were all in the United States. The rest were all in the United States. You would think that as popular as he was, he would head toward the world, you know, and I, I was so shocked to hear that. So the plane was really from going back and forth to L.A. to do the movies. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the plane was definitely used for tour, and the smaller plane was actually um, – pretty much intended for Colonel Parker. What he would do is when Elvis was on tour, um, Colonel Parker would take the Now, that was his, his agent, so to speak. Right. There, he, yeah. was, he was his manager. Manager. And yeah. so he would take, so if Elvis is, is in one city, well, Colonel Parker would take the smaller plane and go to the, the next city. Oh, so he was the front crew. To, to yeah. promote the concert the next day. Like he needed to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so Colonel Parker always made sure that the shows were sold out, and he, he did a great job of promoting Elvis. And, you know, Graceland isn't like any other, you know, any other museum you're going to visit. Um, it is on the National Historic Homes. And but when you walk through there, you're not seeing plexiglass. You're actually in the room. Right. And that's really hard to find in an historic home. So, you know, you might want to come in and you, you it feels really homey. You might want to feel like you can sit down on a couch. You can't do that. But it's actually really neat because you can walk through the rooms and actually, you know, get to experience what Elvis did. And not a lot of places get to do that. So I also think that's a really neat part of the tour and the experience here. So you're not just going to take away, you know, knowing facts about Elvis. We want it to be an experience for you. So anybody that hasn't come to Graceland yet, you really need to come out and see what we have to offer. Boy, and, and the 60s are reflected in the billiard room. Oh, you, when you walk into the billiard room, you know you're you're in the 60s it's about, for sure. It's about 450 uh, yards of fabric that took um, about four men three days to hand pleat individual all these individual pleats that are in the ceiling on the wall. It's bizarre. It is. It is. But it's great. It's so eclectic, and that's who else. All right, I have to ask. Uh, this is a personal question. I might get kicked out of here for bringing this name up, but. Did did he ever run into the Beatles? Because obviously the Beatles were as popular it's, as he was. Well, they were not quite as popular, but they were very yeah, popular. It's funny that at the you same time. that. Um, Elvis actually met the Beatles once. Oh, really? Um, it was actually, yes. And um, we actually are doing an exhibit with the Beatles Museum in Liverpool right now. Oh, wow. Um, it's actually going to open, I think, in September. And um, it's going to kind of go through, you know, when Elvis met the Beatles and having you know, they were actually very influenced by Elvis. They were huge Elvis fans and, you know. Yeah, because they started after him. Right. right. And so from stories that I've heard, you know, they were just really kind of taken back when they first met him. Um, I don't really know a lot of the details. A lot of, people <laughs> a lot of people don't really know the details. There weren't many people with them when they met. I believe Priscilla was there. Um, and she actually, you know, has some probably really cool stories to tell. But, yes, Elvis did meet the Beatles. 
Um, and part of the exhibit that's um, going to be over there is some, you know, some clothes and some music and um, a couple other extra things that we uh, are going to keep top secret until it actually goes. Okay. <laughs> so the barn here, how many stalls? Um, we have uh, 10 in the big barn, and then Elvis had a smaller barn that's just, uh, you can see if you come back here, you pass by it as you get off the shuttle, but that also had about four stalls in it. And then the area where we're located right now, when Elvis had the barn, had some open uh, air stalls where you just could come into a stall like a tie stall yeah. to saddle up and that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, we have about 10 stalls you have, in this barn. By the way, you have... <coughs> Excuse me. You have a wash stall that is the envy of any horse girl in America. It's its own wash building. Yes. Yes. That's not too bad. Well, no, <laughs> it's wonderful. And and well, let me just say this about the people at Graceland. You know, when I, I mentioned to them that the horses need care, you know, they think sometimes I ask for things that are ridiculous, but they have always been very kind to these horses. So if you're wondering if the uh, people who um, have to decide what they spend money on are hesitant. Um, to spend money on these horses, they are not. Uh, they kind of look at me like, "Are you kidding?" You know, sometimes. And but uh, these horses have uh, excellent care, um, and the money that is spent on them is um, very carefully chosen, but at the same time, never refused. So the wash house floor is actually the same drain and floor system that Dr. Moore used for his cows when uh, he built Graceland, and the rest of the building was... Before Elvis. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. So uh, back about 1984, 5, 6, somewhere in there, we built the wash building, yes. Oh, that's cool. And it looks like the barn. It does. It's kind yes. of the mini version of the barn. Yes. It's, a, it's another mini-me. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. This barn is fabulous. Overhead in the stall area where our horses stay is a, a big uh, hayloft where they used to store loose hay, if you can imagine, unbaled hay. So we're very insulated, very cool, and uh, very warm. Yeah, I mean, it's probably I... approaching 90 degrees here right now, and, and it's nice in the barn. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's great, We're yeah. not sweating at all. No, and of course, all the horses have misting fans on their stalls and box fans on the inside. And so whatever it takes, you know, that's what they're going to get. And they come in early in the morning and go out in the afternoon. Uh, so if you want to see our horses, you're going to have to come in see us on the weekend yeah. in the yeah. summertime and come visit us back at the station. And the tours run on weekends for the barns? Yes, absolutely. And uh, on special weekends, like the 4th of July weekend, it'll be open, I guess, you know, Friday through Sunday. And then on um, Labor Day weekend, we'll be open all weekends. So in the wintertime, the barns close? Yes. Okay, for tours. Yes. Not closed, So we're open for tours. Memorial Day through Labor Day. Okay, great. And of course, they can, uh, you know, they can, is that part of a separate ticket? Is it a separate ticket? Okay. It is, but um, you can purchase tickets on Elvis.com or if you don't want to do it online, you can just show up here and buy a ticket for the same day tour. By the way, people, Elvis only has like three and a half million fans on Facebook. So, (laughs) and he's been not here since 1977. Not too bad. Not too bad. So I have one other question, and then I want to ask you if you want to say anything else because we've got about five minutes left. Is So the queen has a taster. Do the Helvis' horses have a horse taster, you know, to make, make sure the food's all okay? No, but we we keep a sharp nose going. <laughs> we smell of everything. 
to be sure. I mean, it's not uncommon to see all of us bury our face in a flake of hay to be sure that there's no mold or anything in there. And if in doubt, it's got to go. You know, we don't dare to take a chance. And I'm sure there's a veterinarian on call for great um, Absolutely. Um, all the time, and, and it's, it's really unique. You know, Elvis had such clout, you know, and any time he called, somebody would come running, and it's still here. Um, I can call the veterinarian and tell her that I need her. Well, you don't want to be the one responsible for killing one of Elvis's horses. <laughs> well, somebody, you know, if it were my personal horse, she'd say, well, you know, I can get to you maybe yeah. early in the yeah. morning, yeah. but not today. And my farrier might say, well, Aileen, you know, tape that shoe back on and I'll get to you tomorrow. But uh-uh, this is Graceland. <laughs> they come right on out. I'm sure they do. Yes, they do. And I even had uh, one of the feed companies uh, come out and analyze our feed and what we were doing to be sure that we were right on target with vitamins and and of course we've had the soil tested by the extension center for the pasture and we are very careful with the seed that we use. Oh, it is just oh, I'm I'm telling you, your horses are not malnourished. No, it's not a problem. No, You're going to no. get muzzle soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just what, like you said, the best job. And of course, the unique experience back here is. Uh, the relationship I have with Priscilla through the horses. And um, believe it or not, she'll call once in a while not to say, how are you, Aileen, but how are the horses <laughs> How are the horses standing this heat? And then she'll go, well, how are you standing the heat? But she always asks about the horses first. <laughs> but uh, And that's a, that's a really neat uh, friendship uh, by way of the horses. And, of course, when she comes to visit Graceland, uh, she always comes back here to see about them. And um, pets and loves had she won't clean a stall yet, but you know, but she will. Pets <laughs> love, and but I can't get her to clean the stalls yet. But she apparently uh, that's our next job, Jennifer. Yeah, that's yeah. our pay for being here today. <laughs> well, thank you so much, everybody. You know, uh, uh, thanks Raphael for for helping put this together. You know, I want to thank Alicia. We've been going back and forth for months. I had to cancel them, and then you guys had. So we finally got it together. And actually, I'm glad we did because it's beautiful weather, and it's just the perfect time to be in Memphis. We started our barbecue quest last night for all the fans. I've been talking about barbecue for two weeks now. (laughs) So, And I will continue that today. And Jennifer is dragging me out to the zoo today, so we'll be doing that a little bit later. We enjoy our zoo. We have one of the top zoos in the country. I just hope it doesn't have a lot of plaques. She reads every plaque. Oh, Oh, my. She's a plaque reader. You're in for a treat. A long day at the zoo. All right. So thank you so much for uh, Aileen for for being part of this this morning and for telling the stories and and really sharing sharing a special part of America here. Well, we've got a lot more stories to tell. So come visit us at the barn on the weekends in the summer. We'll be glad to see you. And it's Elvis.com, right? Elvis.com. Elvis.com. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll be, and thank you so much to Jamie for producing today. I think actually in our time doing the show, that's the first time she's produced and not actually talked, uh, which is probably killing her over there. So <laughs> she's been typing me little messages here. Um, <laughs> So we'll be back on Monday morning at 9 a.m. here at Horses in the Morning. We, we have been here from Graceland, from the barn. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Do tune in every day, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Thank you for to, to Kentucky Performance Products for being today's sponsor. And we'll be back next week at normal time, normal place, back in the studio.